Welcome to the Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. I don't know about you, but it uh, feels like it's been a really good weekend. Uh, some nicer weather yesterday. Really appreciated it. A little bit warmer as well, you know, change from this all this rain. And I'm uh, really looking forward to it. We're actually in our series currently on joy. And last week, Pastor Luke, our senior pastor, brought a message on joy activators. And uh, it was a really powerful message. And uh, it's my privilege today to get to continue that series. And... Um, This morning, I want to start by sharing a a statistic with you uh, that I found really interesting. Uh, Now, did you know that 82% of drivers have experienced some level of road rage in the past year? Now, by the laugh and the chatter in the room, I feel like we are resonating with that statistic. Because I'm not much of a statistician myself, but the math says eight out of ten people in this room have probably experienced <laughs> some level of road rage. Now, it's amazing, eh, when you start, you know, getting ready to talk about a message on road rage, um, the Lord tests you. I don't know what happened, but this morning I was running late. And uh, my wife turns to me and she says, oh, well, this is going to work well for your message, isn't it? <laughs> I'm generally, I would say, a, um, I'd say a composed driver. It's not too much that phases me. There's a couple of things that do get under my skin, and I'm happy to share them with you this morning. Uh, first and foremost, it's when somebody, uh, you know, you're driving along, and you just choose to be a nice Christian, and let somebody in in front of you. You know, it's the right thing to do. But I think my expectation is if I let you in front of me, at least, I'm not asking for much. Just hit me with the two hazards just to say thank you. Do you know, anybody with me? Do you know what I mean? Like, it is, it is a, like, and for some reason, if somebody doesn't do that, <laughs> I go from being a nice Christian who let them in to unbelievable, eh? The other one that, uh, you know, just, I'm usually a composed driver, <laughs> but gets under my skin a little bit. Uh, you drive up to a, a pedestrian crossing, you know. Yes, I know what you're thinking. They're designated for, for, for pedestrians to cross. Yep, I understand that. You know, we all learned that when we're driving, learning how to drive. But if you're crossing there, first and foremost, okay, you're not going on a leisurely walk, all right? Let's just, let's just throw it out there. But... I would appreciate it if you just gave me a little wave, you know, just to acknowledge my patience, you know, in letting you cross on the pedestrian crossing, you know what I mean? Do you know who even gets extra points? The person that does a light jog just to finish off at the end, you know? It's not that they're going any faster or anything like that, but it's just a nice gesture that helps me as a driver keep my joy. Is anybody with me out there? Yeah, all right. I'm amongst family. I'm amongst family. And the truth of the matter is, you know, we bring up such a, you know, comical topic of kind of like, you know, getting annoyed and driving and stuff. But it's, it's amazing how simple things in our day-to-day can sometimes steal our joy. 
where we didn't intend to, we started the day off, you know, in a, in a really good space, really, you know, have, you know, really joyful, you know, maybe you've had your quiet time and you've prayed and something just out of the blue comes. And I've learned that I actually can't control my environment or the things that happen to me, but what I can control is how I respond, is how I choose to respond to any situation. The you know, talented musician, John Mayer, I don't know, some of you would know him, uh, was in an interview and talking about the impact of social media uh, in terms of when people put maybe negative comments on there. And he said something really interesting. He said this, I found it crazy that some celebrities will spend millions of dollars on state-of-the-art security and security systems, sorry, and personnel to protect them but will let one comment from someone they don't even know steal their joy. I don't know if he's a believer in God, but I was like, that's what a profound statement that he would say. I can't control what happens around me or my environment, but I can control how I choose to respond. You know, I don't think the idea of stolen joy or having to navigate uh, these situations is one that celebrities face, but I just think any human being is faced with the choice on the daily, am I going to let my joy be stolen or am I going to hold on to my joy? Am I going to guard my joy? So if you're looking for a title for this message this morning, it's simply this, guard your joy. Guard your joy. It's really cool that we can actually go to the scriptures when it comes to these situations, and we're actually going to, I guess, look at the blueprint that I believe the Apostle Paul gives us in Philippians uh, around how we can guard our joy. And it's amazing, he wrote this text while he was in prison, in a hard place, in a tough place. And he says this in Philippians 4, verse, verse 4 to 9, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Verse 7. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing then the God of peace will be with you. Dear Jesus, I just pray that this morning as I bring this word, you would speak to hearts, God, and maybe there would be people in the room where our joy has been stolen or feels like it's being stolen. Father, we pray you would help us to learn how to guard our joy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So about four things that I want to share this morning about how we can guard our joy based on the text that we've just read from the Apostle Paul. Number one is this. It is through right praying. It's this idea of right praying. In the NIV, verse 6 of Philippians 4 actually says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition 
with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. What does your prayer life look like at the moment? Is it more petitioning and less thanksgiving? Is it you worrying about all the stuff you need to fix and actually not actually bringing it before God? Because in the Bible, I love that Jesus models a life of prayer that is worth us looking into around how we can actually guard our joy. He was very intentional about spending time with the Father, and there are a few different situations where he did this that I just want to elaborate on that will help us because it's not just about praying with like, you know, maybe first thing in the morning as, as a ritual. There are some seasons where we actually have to be really intentional about how we pray. One of the moments where Jesus takes time to pray is to actually recharge after a day of hard work. The story is after the feeding of the 5,000. It's a popular story in the Gospels. In Mark 6, verse 45 and 46, it says this, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to Bethsaida. While he dismissed the crowd, after leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. Made me think about my own life. How do I recharge do I just sit on my phone and scroll through social media and hope that that's the recharge that I need only to look at that and see that there's somebody that is doing better, that has more stuff, uh, is better taking photos than I am and just end up getting my joy stolen? Or do I take a moment after a big season, after something that I've had to exert a lot of energy, maybe it's emotional energy, do I take time to recharge in the presence of God. He took time to recharge after hard work. Another moment where Jesus took time to pray was before making a big decision. Before choosing the 12 disciples, it says in Luke 6, 12 to 13, one of, the day, one of those days Jesus went out to the mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. When morning came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he also designated apostles. Before making a major decision in your world, do you take time to give it to God and pray into it? Or do you let the worry and the anxiety overshadow the making of that decision and steal your joy? Another situation is when he was in a time of distress. This is when he, before he went to the cross. And in Luke 22, verse 41 to 42, he says, he withdrew about a stone's throw Beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Right prayer is not about me getting my preferred outcome. It's actually about aligning my will with God's will, because when we do that, we experience true joy, meaningful joy, when we walk and step in an obedience with Him. Friend, would this be the week where if you're feeling like your joy is being stolen, like you need to guard your joy, would you be intentional this week about praying? Would you be intentional if you've got a big decision to make about bringing it before God? Would you be intentional if it's been a season that has been crazy about spending time in His presence? Would you be intentional if you're feeling distressed and feeling like there's a weight about spending time in the presence of God? Right praying is about being with Jesus, the foundation of joy, 
is being with Jesus. The second thing that I believe we need to do in around guarding our joy is right thinking. Right thinking. Verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers and sisters, of Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Uh, this is probably one of Pastor Carl's most favorite statements. Uh, it's from Craig Groeschel, and it says this, Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. I wonder that's why in Romans 12 verse 2, the writer says, tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I wonder what the pattern of the world is. I'll tell you what, the pattern of this world is negativity, pride, insecurity, comparison, but you see, when we allow the Word of God to transform and renew our thinking, we actually begin to identify and know His good, His pleasing, and His perfect will for our lives. This is an area that I've had to discover and really dig deep in for myself personally, because I haven't always had the confidence to do what I do. I've had seasons of a lot of insecurity, of always maybe thinking, am I good enough? Can I do this? And sometimes what that would do in my life, it would cause me to shrink back and, and, and not step into the God call that I have. And something that I did, I think probably a couple of weeks ago, is I actually ended up writing like an affirmation. Uh, I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at always reading this affirmation, but most times I will read this to myself. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to share it with you guys today because uh, it's just part of my journey. And I really, in sharing this, I think it's, it's going to be really helpful to somebody because the words we speak and what we declare our lives, it's actually really, really powerful because our life will move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. If we're going to guard our joy, we need to have right thinking. So this is what I say to myself, okay? <laughs> this is awesome. Vulnerable, but it's awesome. <laughs> My name is Tashinga Changyao. I am loved by God and intentionally created with unique gifts and talents to achieve the purpose for which he has set before me. Today is the day that the Lord has made, so I choose to receive the joy he has set before me. I choose to align every negative emotion and feeling with the hope that is in the name of Jesus. My circumstances or things I will face today do not control me. They do not get to decide who I am. For I am an overcomer because of the power of Christ at work in me. My why is people. I could sit on the sidelines, but people need me. People need my leadership. People need my encouragement. People need my support. People need my warmth. People need my laugh. People need my lean-in. This is not a weight I carry, but it's my privilege to make my environment brighter, to make every room I walk into warm and engaging. I am not perfect. I will fail. I will make mistakes. These do not define me. I can get up from a fall and I can recover. I may not be where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. 
God is making me a better man by his grace. So I pray that today you, Lord, would lead me and guide me. I give you my heart. I give you my ear. Protect my mind from evil and keep watch over me and my family. Would you give me the grace for the small things? I thank you that I get to live today. Help me to make the most of it. I tell you what, there are days I'm feeling low. I'm not feeling like I'm up to it. I'm not feeling like that really good. And I go, you know what? I just need to read this. Because something begins to get excited in my spirit. Something begins to resonate to the truth of God's word. And I go, you know what? If I'm going to guard my joy, I need to align my thinking with how God sees me and what he thinks about me. Could this week be the week? That maybe you sit down and maybe there's been a scripture, there's been a thought that's really resonated with you and write it down. And maybe you stand in front of your mirror and you read it out to yourself in the morning. Maybe you're sitting there on the way to work and you're on the bus or on a train and you go, you know what, I'm going to take time to declare his truth and align my thinking with his word. Right thinking is about being like Jesus. Right thinking is about being like Jesus. The third thing I would say, if we're going to guard our joy based on the blueprint that we get from the Apostle Paul, is that we are going to include right living to guard our joy. Right living. You know what? Some of the most beneficial things uh, to actually help us live right aren't that spiritual. Friend, The reason why you lost your cool in traffic is probably because you are hungry and sleep-deprived. The reason why you find it hard to concentrate after a big day is because maybe you actually can't remember the last time you had a glass of water. We can sometimes over-spiritualize things But some very simple natural solutions can incorporate right living into our lives and help us to guard our joy. In 2 Kings 19 verse 49, there's a story. I won't have time to go into it and read it. But Elijah, just before this, is one of the Lord's prophets. And he's probably had one of the best days in ministry that you can ever imagine. He's just defeated uh, some false prophets on on a mountain and just shown the power of God in such a mighty way that would have caused people to marvel. And yet a negative word from a lady named Jezebel causes him to flee in fear. And he finds himself under a tree and depressed. Bible says that he prayed that the Lord would take his life. And I love that in this moment, God turns up and doesn't preach a message to him, doesn't say a whole bunch of stuff, but it says the angel of the Lord turns up, gives him something to eat, gives him something to drink, and lets him have a sleep. Gives him something to eat, gives him something to drink, and lets him have a sleep. Happens twice. What practical change... Do you need to make in your life that is not too spiritual, that is not too crazy, but is just about looking after your natural physical body to help you guard your joy? 
Is that this week you're going to make a commitment to actually finishing work on time and getting home at a reasonable hour? Is it going to be a decision to actually go to bed and not watch one more episode of your favorite TV show, even though they've got you at a cliffhanger and you're thinking to yourself, if I don't watch this, then what's going to happen? Is it about changing diet or how you eat or getting more exercise? I don't know what it is, but friend, I've discovered that some of the biggest changes I can make to help me guard my joy can be very simple things to help look after this natural physical body that God's given me that was wired in such a way that he knows what's best. Eat, drink, and sleep. Right living is about doing what Jesus would do. Right living is about doing what Jesus would do. The whole message I guess summarized for you if you're taking notes today, right praying, right thinking, right living is about being with Jesus, being like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. Being with Jesus, being like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And the last thing, if you've done all that as the team comes and joins me, you're going, well, what's, what's, what's the next one, TC? It's real simple. Repeat. <laughs> Philippians 4 verse 4 says this as he starts and encouraging us, the Apostle Paul, and it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. And he doesn't stop there. I say it again. Rejoice. You know, Galatians 6 verse 79 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I read this verse, and most times I've always read it in regards to what I need to do in terms of how I do good to other people. But the Holy Spirit really impressed on me something different in regards to the reality of not getting weary in right praying, not getting weary, come on somebody, in right thinking, not getting weary in right living. And when I've done it once, I'm going to do it again. There's a powerful force that is about ongoing, steady, slow consistency called compound interest. Albert Einstein says this, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it, earns it. He who doesn't, pays it. Uh, look, this morning, I took a few liberties. I'm going to apologize to the team at the information desk. Uh, I borrowed some of your alpha cards. You know, alpha is an awesome course that helps people understand more about this Christian journey and this Christian walk and that's, that's what this journey is about, right? It's about, it's about a journey. And you see, compound interest. So let's say if we took this card right here, it's about 
five centimeters in width. If I wanted to expand or grow this card, I guess, over time, and let's say maybe a revolution is a month, okay, so over many revolutions, by like 25%, that's about, give or take, 6%, like every week. Do you know that in six months, this five centimeter width card would be 15 centimeters? That's the equivalent, maybe I'll do it from here, of three of these cards. And I'm putting them down on the floor because in comparison to the stage, it's like, oh, it's not really that much change, is it? Like if I'm looking at the course of time, it's like, you know, it's just a month, you know, like has, has anything really changed or has anything really happened? If we go a little bit further, in six months' time, the compounding interest now is the equivalent of about 58 centimeters. That's the equivalent of 45 of these cards. Dory, I counted them. <laughs> side by side. They're more there, but make a mess on stage. You're getting the point. Well, what was three? Well, in six months now, is a little bit more. But man, it still feels like I'm not really kind of where I want to be. But you see, what the enemy will try and cause us to do is to look at the vastness and concentrate on the little. But you see, what compound interest is, well, one month I only had one when I started. A little bit further, there's three. Six months on, there's 12. Did you know that with the law of compound interest, if you kept repeating, in 18 months' time, by March 2024, your five-centimeter start would be the equivalent of 222 centimeters. In 36 months' time, that's three years of consistency, right praying, right thinking, right living, right praying, right living, right thinking. Your five centimeters, this one little card that started off as a, okay, cool, it was a great word. I don't really have much. It's not an area that I'm doing really well, but maybe I should just set that five centimeter card in three years' time is the equivalent of 12,325 centimeters. That's almost twice as high as the Harbor Bridge at its highest point. So when the Word of God says, I can do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that you can imagine in your mind, let's not limit the ability of what He's able to do when we live a life where we guard our joy, the little that's in your hand this morning, the little energy you have to go, okay, cool, my joy might have been stolen, but Lord, I am taking control of how I respond. And this week, I'm going to respond with right praying. This week, I'm going to respond with right thinking. This week, I'm going to respond, come on, with right living. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to be like Jesus, and I'm going to do what Jesus did. Good and evil both increase at compound interest. It's a quote from C.S. Lewis. Psalm 16 verse 11, the Bible says this, You make known to me the parts of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Thanks for listening to this podcast. 
We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out, Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.